Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, taped on Twitch, brought to you on YouTube, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. I've watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is episode 69 here on the podcast, and we are absolutely children enough to do something special for it. Yeah. And I've had this in my I've had this in my head for a couple of months. Oh but my god. For we could have done a few different things. We could have mm -hmm. done the live sex, sex celebration, celebration on Raw. We could have done more wrestlelicious. Oh no. But I, but I think I picked the right choice. It's oh, today god. on episode 69. Nice. Will be our first foray into the most suggestive wrestling company name, TNA. Yeah, total nonstop action, baby. That's what I'm fuck, here for. Fuck you, Vince Russo, for coming up with a name for a wrestling company that nobody can advertise with. <laughs> I mean, are you surprised? I, I get half the shit Vince Russo wrote he did with one hand. Are you are you all that yeah. surprised? Yes. It's time for TNA Impact. The biggest, un until AEW came around, they were pretty much the biggest non-WWE wrestling company in America. Mm -hmm. And today we're hitting the peak of TNA in 2008. Like Ooh. 07, 08 was very much considered by a lot of people as like when they really thought that TNA might become a real competitor to the WWE. And well, well, <laughs> well, uh, well, but that's, that's getting ahead of ourselves is how, how do we get to TNA and kind of to make it simple is TNA was basically born out of the death of WCW is after WCW and ECW went under and it's all WWE is all that's left. You know, there's only so much talent, like when there's only it, there's always room for more, you know, yeah. like one company can't have all the wrestling as much as. WWE really, really wants to think they can. Oh, Vince would love nothing more than to be the only wrestling ever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, basically is that it's kind of born... TNA was kind of born out of the ashes of WCW. A lot of the central talent to, in early TNA, beyond, like, young upstarts who WWE just didn't have a see a value in, is, like, older, established names that WWE didn't see value in because they're older and they weren't big main event stars in their eyes. Yeah. Uh, basically the original kingpin of TNA was Jeff Jarrett. That's J E double F J A double R E double T Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett country daddy and prolific, uh, entrance prancer is uh mm -hmm. is here i see to to run the show yep and initially they couldn't get a tv deal so what they did for the first i think two years of their existence was weekly pay-per-views oh where shit. okay you like bought it the pay-per-views were like 10 to 15 dollars a week and you just bought a pay-per-view every single week oh, instead fuck. of yeah, I'm not going to say it was a largely successful business model, but I mean, it kept them going yeah. until they could get something else. 
pretty much. You know, TV, TV, listen, TV, you don't get a TV deal with no TV footage, with no wrestling footage to That's actually fair. show the networks. So, That's fair. Like, it was a, I get it, you know, even if, even if it's silly to go, even if it's easy to go back and be like, weekly pay-per-views that's obviously not gonna work you know like what the fuck else are you gonna do yeah what other options did they have at the time in 2002 absolutely but tna it always like tna always had like an all-star level roster in its peak because again wwe was very much insulated at this point and was kind of like we're gonna build our own guys from the ground up and we don't want your fucking indie nerds Get the fuck out of here. So yeah, TNA basically got casual fan discourse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they got kind of the pick of the litter uh, among indie wrestlers. Plus, I mean, again, WWE had a lot of aging guy, old guys that they just didn't see a lot of value in. Um, I'm going to give you a rundown of some of the names of people currently in TNA in 08. Is you got Sting. Booker T, Kevin Nash, the Dudley Boys, Christian Cage, Scott Steiner, Kurt Angle. <laughs> Jesus. Well, yeah. Like, Rhino. You got a ton of dudes from the Attitude Era in their prime of their career, still in the prime of their careers, they're close enough to it. And yeah. WWE was just like, man, we don't need y'all anymore. We got we got young dudes to 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 do young dude shit. Nobody under twenty five, please. Yeah. And so, I don't really want to talk about how TNA flopped. I mean, okay, I'll say this: is that TNA eventually did get on Spike TV? Was, I mean, they they passed around to a lot of places, but at this point in time, they're airing on Spike TV in 08. and. Yeah. I will say, and and like TNA for its part had a very respectable television audience. Like they had a consistent audience of about three million viewers at at its highest. Very Jesus. very solid numbers. I'm not gonna say they're bad. I'm not gonna shit on TNA for their ratings. Jesus. Okay. And they currently film primarily out of pretty much exclusively out of the Impact Zone, which okay. was basically. They filmed at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Hello, the same place where AEW films dark these dark days. Now, yeah, yeah, mm, same venue. Enough. Hey, yeah. it's the Elite Zone now, I think. But Probably. Welcome to the Impact Zone. And so let's talk about some storylines. And the most recent pay per view was Lockdown 2008. Now, what is Lockdown? Is Lockdown was a pay-per-view theme by Impact Wrestling. And in the early years of Lockdown, the gimmick was every single match is a cage match. Oh. Now, okay, I gotta preface this, is that I'm gonna talk a lot about some overcomplicated gimmicks. Because, oh, oh boy, does TNA love overcomplicating the rules. Oh, boy. For the sake of making a unique idea. So, <laughs> hold on to your butts of that. Holding butt, holding right now. I'm, I'm, do yeah. I'm doing it just for you. So, let's, let's instead of, I'm not going to run down the lockdown card because it's also been two weeks since then, but I am going to reference lockdown a lot. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. as a starting point for these story beats. And so let's talk about the world title scene to start out with. That's the big one. Is at lockdown, it was Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle for the TNA World Championship. And the big gimmick was, is that Kurt Angle has basically had Joe's number. But Joe... He is so confident he can beat Angle. He is putting his career on the line. If he doesn't win the title from Kurt Angle, he is going to quit Impact. And both their characters, the characters have a fascinating kind of relationship with each other. This is Kurt Angle and he's like, he's in this like, I'm I'm, I'm like the realest, bestest athlete. And I'm hyper-focused. I'm all about winning the championships, baby. Nobody can out-wrestle me. And Samoa Joe is very similar, but he's younger. Yeah. So is Angle Angle still doing his like, dorky olympic hero shit from no, wwe oh no we have we have we have moved on from that even in wwe we got away from him being kind of a goofball now he's super serial oh 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 i'm super serial you guys your olympic mm-hmm. hero is super serial amazing in fact he is so super serial that he a, a, a gimmick they put on this match to show how focused he is and how he is this determined to keep his title is that his wife Karen was a feature on the show as a supporter of his and he is forcibly kicking her out of the impact zone because he because no distractions no distractions as he explicitly puts it as long as there's a Joe and me there's no room for a you and me what the his, fuck? Thinks, thinks, Kurt, thinks Kurt Angle says that his fucking wife. What the fuck, Kurt? Damn. I guess he really is super serious. He he did like the fucking Love's Labor's Lost Pact of, of I am so dedicated to my studies uh, of kicking Samoa Joe's ass that I yep. will not be in contact with any femoids uh, until <laughs> such time that that I have reached my intellectual, or in this case, wrestling mm-hmm. apex. Yeah, and then of course, because Joe isn't going to fucking quit TNA, Joe beat Kurt Angle for the TNA title. So, Kurt, so now Kurt Angle is even more a bit unhinged right now. <laughs> oh boy, has is his, he got- uh, is, has he still... Uh, forcibly separated from his wife for this we'll get to that actually oh, that is actually oh, a no. so joe is samoa joe is now the tna world champion and on the first episode of impact back from being the world champion he is confronted by scott steiner yeah baby because you see scott steiner has a briefcase called the feast or fired briefcase uh if you don't know that feast or fired was a tna gimmick idea where it where you have a bunch of people competing in in like a ladder match for or i guess it was more like a pole match for multiple briefcases and you didn't know what was in the briefcase uh one briefcase would hold a world title match one would hold a tag title match with a partner of your choosing uh, one would hold an X Division title match. I'll talk more about the X Division in a second. And one was a pink slip. You're fired. <laughs> what the fuck? And it wasn't always kayfabe firings, by the way. 
TNA what? used this gimmick to write off people they were actually firing. What the fuck? And they didn't tell the wrestlers that either. Wait, were, what? Wrestlers were not generally informed ahead of time that you're going to get the pink slip from this match. Uh, what? You know, I too hate confrontation, but Jesus Christ... I, I I would have the dignity and, in fact, the foresight to, to be like, hey, by the way, your contract's up and we're not going to renew, so you get the ping slip at this ladder match. Um, mostly because I don't think I would want a guy fresh off the heat of a match with the, with the like, opening the fucking brief, brief uh, ping slip briefcase. And like storming into my office, all muscly and and sweaty and pissed off, uh, <laughs> definitely about to kick my ass for just underhandedly. But also like the fact, Carney's that, that Carney. must, must have been like the most terrifying game of Russian roulette ever. For, if you were like one of the four dudes told to grab a briefcase, yeah, a little bit. Jesus. Anyway, Scott Steiner has the Feaster Fired briefcase for the world title. And after fat shaming Samoa Joe a lot, as he do, he has made clear that he will be cashing in his Feaster Fired uh, briefcase at Sacrifice. Wait, wait, hold up. So which one is the Feaster Fired briefcase? That's not the pink slip, is it? No, they call it the Feaster Fired match. But it's still like the Feaster Fired briefcase for the people who get title shots afterwards. Oh, okay. Otherwise, when you get a title shot, it acts like a money in the bank. You can just kind of pick your spot. And he is is like, I'm challenging you at the next pay-per-view, which is Sacrifice. Sacrifice, okay. Meanwhile, Kurt Angle shows up and is like, hold on a minute. I would like a rematch, please with Samoa Joe because I can totally beat him. I don't make the same mistake twice. I'm going to win. I'll win a rematch. And so on the so on the uh April the 24th episode of Impact Wrestling, we got a Angle versus Joe match for the world title. Now, mm-hmm. on the April 24th show, uh for some reason that has not been explained yet in story, AJ Styles, you may know him. Oh, hey, that dude. Yeah, he has brought Karen Angle to the show. And uh, and they don't really explain yet why he did this. But Jeremy Borash, who's the backstage interviewer, is like, hey, AJ Styles, the fuck? And he's like, hey, man, this is we're keeping this on the down low here so you can try to make amends with Kurt. But don't tell him about this, all right? And JB's like, no, nah, I'm no snitch. I'm not going to say anything. And then he snitched. Oh, of course. Because Jeremy Borash is a little snitch ass bitch. I'm putting that in my notes. Uh, uh, I, I wrote down his name to, to remember he's the backstage interviewer. So now he's Jeremy Borash uh, hyphen backstage interviewer, comma, little snitch ass bitch. Yep. So then Angle confronts them about it. And he kicks them both out of the impact zone. And he has assured Karen, though, that they might get back together after he wins his title back. It's, oh, it's no guarantee, but he, he, he might be willing to hear it out. I, I just love the fact that Kurt Angle, uh, again, who before in, in the past has 
extol the virtues of celibacy um d- uh, committing himself to incel life in order to or i guess volcel life in this point yeah it's volcel uh, volcel committing him committing himself straight up to volcel life so he can win the goddamn title back yeah. uh, you know what i know you said the dweeb shit from persona from him was was no more but i don't know this kind of still feels like some dweeb it's shit a, to me it's I'm a different kind of dweeb shit than you know what before. It, it, he the, there there are many facets to the dweeb shit after all uh yep. he just discovered another <laughs> dear god okay yeah so then we get to the title match and scott steiner interferes with a lead pipe to cost kurt angle the match because in these promos that kurt angle has been cutting he basically kind of writes off scott steiner like he's like i'm a, i'm gonna beat joe i'm beat that i'm gonna get that title back and then whatever i'll, I'll beat steiner whatever i don't care it's all about joe joe is my mortal nemesis he is the danger and scott steiner didn't took that person yeah so he beats Kurt Angle with a pipe to cost Kurt Angle the match. And then out comes Jim Cornette, who is this obnoxious boomer ass guy who is the um care like he literally does a rant on the April 24th episode of of Impact about how man wrestlers today are so spoiled they want things like special meals and makeup and paid vacation. Back in my day, they wrestlers work 7 days a week, 350 days a year and we liked it. Oh god. Oh no, the boomer! Fucking annoying! It's too much, too much boomer! Ah! Anyway, he is the uh, he is the kayfabe commissioner these days. Everybody hates him for being a hard ass. And I, I, I do love, I do love, I do love just that every commissioner ends up being a, a heel that everybody hates for being a hard ass. Yeah, but he comes out and is like, after he said, after this match, I think, Will, we found out is we've settled nothing. So at sacrifice, there will be a three-way match for the title. Scott Steiner versus Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. Yeah, David, it's this you know, I thought you know. about, I thought about not playing into the meme, but then I said, what if we did the meme? We have to. You know, I didn't think we were actually going to do the meme. I thought, I thought there's no way, there's no way that Austin's going to, oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, I, I mean, what better, uh, if, if we're going to be a meme about it for the meme number episode, we got to lean into the wrestling meme. We have to, Mm -hmm. oh my God. So let's talk about some other stuff going on is, uh, Besides the other titles we have are the X division title. So let's talk. It doesn't have a big story right now. So I'll go ahead and talk about what that is. The X division title is basically, it's a quasi cruiserweight title. It's not, it's the tagline is it's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. It's basically the top. Basically it's a match for your high, spot fest moves lots of moves kind of wrestlers but it doesn't explicitly have to be a cruiserweight okay but, like but, wrestlers, but it, he, it, it he, is quite a few cruiserweights ending up in there yeah and anyone who can hang regardless of weight class can become x division champion stuff like samoa joe is an x x division champion and that guy ain't no cruiserweight mm. so stuff like that 
uh, the current X Division champion after lockdown was Jay Lethal, Black Machismo. He is oh, deep. Shit. He's deep in his Randy Savage impersonation character. Hey, oh, I didn't realize he had a full character out of that. I just thought he did a really fucking good Savage impression. Now nah, the Black Machismo. And he's got Sanjay Dutt as his best friend. Time is truly a flat circle. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, yeah. look at that. <laughs> yep. And he also has SoCal Val, one of the knockouts, as his ring valet to play the Miss Elizabeth role in this insane. <laughs> ah, also, hey, knockouts, roll credits. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and they set up this possibility that like Sanjay Dutt might be having sex with SoCal Val behind Jay Lethal's back, but they don't, they haven't lingered on it much. They just threw it out there in, in April 17th. So we'll see. But okay. basically, on the April 17th episode, Petey Williams, uh, he is Scott Steiner's protege at this point in time. Uh, Scott Steiner gave Petey Williams the X Division Feaster Fired briefcase. And so Petey Williams did the classic money in the bank thing of I'm going to cash in on you after your match. Oh and God. so Petey Williams, uh, little Petey Pump, he cashed in the X Division title briefcase and is now the X Division champion. Wait, uh... You said Steiner gave it to him. Did Steiner win two different briefcases? Scott, I don't know how he had it, but he, yeah, Steiner had two briefcases. I don't know what the circumstances are that he got the one or the, both of them, but he did have, he did end up with two. Jesus. Okay, and he just well. casually gave one away to old Petey. You know what? I appreciate him spreading the love. That's what, that's yep. what a good big papa professor pump does. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the tag team titles. So coming out of the coming out of lockdown, the tight the tag team title champions were AJ Styles and Tompko. It is AJ Styles, the Prince of Phenomenal, basically a cocky wrestler who is better than you. And Tomko is his big muscly bodyguard. Ooh. So okay, here's a thing. So on the April 17th episode. They have a tag title match against Eric Young and Kaz, who you might know him as Frankie Kazarian. Oh, hey. Yeah. So they lose the tag titles to Eric Young and Kaz. But okay, let's, here's how. There's also, LAX was in the match too. Forgot to mention that. That's the Latin American oh. exchange. Hey. Uh, Hernandez and Homicide. Homicide. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about their gimmick before when we first saw Hernandez on Lucha Underground. Uh, so they, Eric Young and Kaz won the titles, but uh, let me explain Eric Young. Is Eric Young is right now playing this character of like scared, paranoid guy who like is scared of everything and is a big old coward, but he has a alter ego as Super Eric who is doing a Superman parody bit, much like the hurricane. But here's you know, the kicker. But here's the kicker. Everybody knows that Eric Young is Super Eric, except I, Eric Young. Eric Young doesn't know or doesn't acknowledge that he is the same person as Super Eric. Okay. 
so first of all, my first thought wasn't like hurricane. My first thought was fucking Grover from Sesame Street. Um, sure, sure, that works. It sounds a little more akin to the whole like the whole very silly, very obvious superhero alter ego who you share a fucking name. He is a comedy character to be. He's a bit of a comedy character to be clear here. So his refusal to acknowledge this is it legit? Like he has no idea, or is it him trying to play coy? Or do they not? We don't know that. We don't know that at the point in time. You know what? Goofy bullshit. Let's do it. Yeah. So what happens in the tag match is Eric Young runs away, and then out comes Super Eric to interfere and help win the match. And so after the match, AJ Styles goes to Jim Cornette's office to complain about this because he because he's arguing that Super Eric is interference. Eric Young yeah. doesn't claim to be Super Eric. So Super Eric shows up as interference. That's unfair. And Jim Cornette's like, You're an are you an idiot? Eric Young, Super Eric is very clearly Eric Young. You can't interfere in your own match. Well. But so but Jim Cornette's like, fine, fine. If you'll stop, if you'll leave me alone, I'll go talk to Eric Young. And he goes and talks to Eric and is like, hey man. So Styles and Tomko are complaining. Talk to me. It, just explain to me this super Eric thing. And he's like, Eric Young plays like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And so at, in the ring, Jim Cornette is like, this is your last chance. Super er- Eric Young, come out here and reveal your identity. And super yeah. Eric comes out. And Jim Cornette's like, okay, super Eric, tell the world that you are Eric Young. And he is like, I cannot do that. I know not who this Eric Young is. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> and Jim Cornette gives him a couple of opportunities to come clean. And he's just like, nope, I'm not Eric Young. And so he's like, well, in that case, I'm stripping Eric Young and Kaz of the tag titles because they had interference. Holy shit. And Kaz is pissed because he's like, dude, bro, get, come on, man. This is the tag titles. You can drop the act now. <laughs> <laughs> and so there, there are the titles are gone. But so AJ and Tomka are like, so we get our titles back, right? And Jim Cornette is like, no, because you still lost. So yep. you're not the tag champions either. And so on April 24th, Cornette decides to settle the issue of how we're going to have tag team champions. And this is a little bit complicated, so here we go. Is Jim Cornette sets up for sacrifice a one-night tournament, the Deuces Wild Tournament. All right, oh, so here's, here's how this works. Is that in these next two weeks, the, ep- the, episode, the April 24th episode and the episode we're watching tonight, there will be four qualifying matches between ta- the top tag teams in Impact Wrestling. And the four teams that win, they're in the tournament. Also, okay. at Sacrifice, there will be a random draw with eight re- between eight wrestlers who will be randomly created into being four other tag teams the night of the show. And they will also be competing in the Deuces Wild Tournament. Wait, what the fuck? How many 
wait. So that's it's an eight-team tournament. Four, tournament. four of them, four of them In being one. regular. Yeah, it's it's the vast majority of the pay-per-view is the tag team tournament. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, and again. It's four regular teams that had to win their way in and four randomly assembled teams the night of. Jesus. Yeah, it's too much to me. Yeah, that's that's a lot of a one-night-only tournament picking up most of your pay-per-view. Yeah, the pay-per-view only has three matches outside of the tag team tournament. That would get really old really quick, dude. Oh my god. That's from my understanding, it did. That's such a waste of a pay-per-view. Holy shit. Yeah, so related to Kazarian and Eric Young, uh, that same episode, Kaz is like, I'm mad at you, bro, because you cost us the tag titles. But you know, I still like you, and we're gonna we're gonna compete. We're we're gonna try to get in the Deuces Wild tournament, but don't fucking no more interference from Super Eric. Got it. You communicate with Super Eric and tell him to not interfere anymore. And Eric Young's like, okay. Okay. Will do. So that that is where the tag titles are Wait, at. Wait, if he that, doesn't know Jack, if he doesn't claim to know Jack shit about Super Eric, how the fuck is he going to communicate with Super Eric? Well, that's his job to figure out. Eric Young was like, I don't know if I can get a hold of him, man. I mean, he's out saving the world all the time. He's oh, a pretty okay. busy guy. And Eric has like, well, just do it. Right. I see. I see. Eric Young is on the level of Calvin and Calvin and Hobbs when it comes to his make believe <laughs> life. So that kind of feeds into the other tag stuff going on. So I said the tag titles first. So let's another tag feud going on is Christian Cage and Rhino versus Team 3D, which is the the new name of the Dudley Boys. Okay. Yeah, WWE owns the Dudley name, so of course they do. Yep. So. Basically, after the paper, Cage and Rhino at Lockdown won a tag team match. And so they're like riding high. They're bros. They've been friends for a while, but now they're clicking as a tag team. It's all good. Yes. And Team 3D is like, you guys suck, actually. And what the what are you doing? Because the 3D basically was like, Christian Cage, you're a snake. You always turn on your tag partners. You will eventually turn on Rhino. Why are you bothering? And he's and they're like Rhino. We remember we were with you in ECW, man. You used to be a killer. What happened to you? Now you're just some smiley, happy-go-lucky guy in a tag team. What happened to you, man? Dudley Boy's trying to call people out for not being decent and not being hard enough is a very hilarious prospect to me. Mm-hmm. So then they on the on the uh, April seventeenth episode, they Rhino and Cage have a match with Team Three D. And there's some like tension and malfunction at the junctions going on, Uh-oh. but Rhino Rhino gets the win for Team nice. Cage, and then and then after the match, in a ironic twist of fate, uh, Team 3D starts going at it with each other. They're like, hey, oh. they're, they start having tension as if they're gonna break up. Oh shit, buddy! Yeah, and then so the April 24th episode, the Deuces Wild qualifiers, uh, Team 3D beat the tag team of Relic and Black Rain to enter the tournament, but, you know, they're still fighting with each other. Uh, A quick sidebar. Relic is killer spelled backwards. Uh. That is his gimmick, that he's basically a serial killer. (laughs) What? 
Wait, yeah, I thought yeah. you just meant a killer like in a wrestling set, like like no, a as in like, he, in he when he has promos, he like threatens to actually murder people. What the fuck? Yeah, and he's teamed up with Black Rain, who is Dustin Rhodes. Who oh, is hey. not in a good place right now. Oh, no. He's very out of shape and very on the drugs. Oh, <laughs> no. I, I, I hope he's not on this episode because you probably don't deserve to see him at his worst. You know what? I did... I, I got to see a phenomenal Dustin Rhodes match last night and God, his like his late career renaissance makes me so happy. I feel like if I saw that, it would just make me really fucking sad, but at the very mm -hmm. least I would know he had better shit on the horizon. Yeah. But dear God. So they're a tag team, but they, again, they lost a team 3d and then cage and Rhino face the motor city machine guns for a Ooh. spot in the deuces wild tournament the motor city machine guns are basically almost kind of like a young bucks before the young bucks in that sense of being like two young dudes who are super athletic and kind okay. of like revolutionizing tag team wrestling and their name the motor city machine guns also sometimes the murder city machine guns is because they're both from detroit hey, hey nice yeah couple That's of detroit cool. boys we do love our Detroit boys up in here. Yeah, but Cage and Rhino got the dub, and so they're also going to be in the Deuces Wild at Sacrifice. Hell yeah. So after that, uh, we get to, I'm going to talk, I'll talk, let's talk about uh, the Knockouts Championship. So in um, in, a, a twer in a quirk of David coming up with the name of this podcast when we were very young, he not he called this me the when Knockout. we were very young. As well, if that podcast. wasn't like uh, just like like a year and a half ago. Okay, the podcast was very young. All right. Okay. Okay. Yes. He named my half the Knockouts half, not knowing about that the TNA Women's Division is called the Knockouts Division. Yeah. No. Shout out to Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, personally vaguely teaching me about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. So right now the Knockouts champion is Awesome Kong who is kind of just a badass hoss maybe nice. one of maybe one of the great easily one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time she's fantastic uh in I a much no less to Aja Kong. no just names just two people two women being like you know kong is a great name for a monster hmm. Hmm. wonder why yeah wonder how that happened and she has as her this in a much less good thing is by her side. She has Raisha Saeed. Okay. So Raisha Saeed is on the Indies. There was a wrestler, I guess still is cheerleader, Melissa. I, I admit, I don't know a ton about her career besides she's a prominent women's wrestler on the indie scene. And so when she debuted in TNA, they had her put on a niqab and fake a Syrian accent and oh, be no. Raisha Saeed. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not good. We love brown face in the year of our Lord, 2008. 
Yep. Uh, but uh, on April on the April twenty fourth episode of the knockouts of the uh, Impact, basically the knockouts all received invitations from Jim Cornette, and Jim Cornette brought them all out to the ring, and he announced what's going to happen at the pay per view. It is a knockouts makeover battle royal. So it is a battle royal where then at when there are two people left, it turns into a ladder match. Oh, there's the first part of the rules. The second part is that the winner of the ladder match gets a knockouts title match. Okay. The loser of the, of the ladder match. So the runner up essentially gets a, and this is a Jim Cornette's quote. He, he words here. A Britney Spears style makeover because they're going to get their head shaved. Thank you, Jim. Very huh. cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Knockouts division is 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 frequently credited as um uh, kind of being a women's revolution before the women's revolution, and in certain aspects, like Awesome Kong. Sure, fair point. But let's let's not get it twisted. The dumb sexist shit was still happening in TNA. Christ in a handbasket. You know I was I... absolutely cringing out of my head when uh... hearing Jim Cornette explain this battle royal. You know, Jim, if I could think of no better way to make Luchas de Apuestas sound really, really fucking stupid and cringy and awful than calling a hair match a Britney Spears-style makeover, you absolute clown person. Oh, my God. Look, I know in no way that everyone thought that was the funniest shit in the universe. but Very very topical. Very topical. Man, does it not? Man, has that aged like a, like a fine, fine, shitty uh, um, conservatorship contract. <laughs> All right, so only a couple more um, uh, storylines to go over here. Is that um, is Matt Morgan, who is just generic big muscle dude? He is in storyline Jim Cornette's pet project. And he is just talking about how he wants to make his mark. Okay. And so on April 17th, he interfered in a match between uh, James Storm, uh, Kip James, that who is uh, Billy Gunn, and oh. Robert Roode, uh, and versus Booker T, Sting, and BG James, who is the Road Dog. Uh, so... He inter uh, and Matt Morgan interfered and attacked um, uh, James Storm and cost them the match for reasons. Sure. And then I believe on the April twenty fourth episode he beat down Kip James, but it was a super quick bit and I couldn't quite tell who he attacked. That, but okay, he's just going around beating people up and is like, "I'm making a mark." Ah, uh, yes. Cool, dude. James Storm doesn't give a fuck, as we'll get to with the last bit of storyline here. Is the in the in the six man tag match, Booker T got pissed off because he didn't need no help from uh, 
Matt Morgan. He didn't want his help, and he didn't want to win that way. And Sting is kind of trying to mediate this, this to avoid people coming to blows. And Booker T gets pissed at Sting. He's like, hey, man, I thought you were on my side. What the hell? And so they end April 17th as if like, oh, no, is Booker T and Sting going to feud? Cut forward to uh, the April 24th episode. And Booker T, he comes out. And he apologizes to Sting for being an asshole and letting he, the better emotions get the better of him. He still he wants to he's he respects Sting. He is friends with Sting, and he's been friends for a long time. He doesn't want to do this. Mm, okay, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, and love the respect. Yeah, and Sting was gonna try to apologize, but then out comes James Storm and Robert Roode. Who were like, what the fuck is this? Uh, they he they go so far as to be uh, James Storm literally does ah. If you like and respect Sting so much, why don't you just marry him? Thank James, you. James Storm's character is he's a big old cowboy, redneck, beer drinking. Ah uh, yes, thank you, James Storm. Very cool, y'all. <laughs> Yep, and Robert Roode is kind of like the intellectual, classy guy in, in comparison. And J- but Robert Roode takes over and is like, what I think my partner is trying to say is we'd, we'd rather you guys fight each other. That sounds more fun than you guys being friends. Since when do you get to call the shots, Robert Roode? James Storm, uh, Jim, Jim Cornette said literally the exact same thing. As he came out, and it was at that point in the show he announced the Deuces Wild Tournament to skip back a little bit. But then he was also like, if you want to see Booker T and Sting fight so bad, I got a proposition for you. Tonight, Booker T and Sting will face Robert Roode and James Storm in a tag match. hey And so Booker T and Sting win the match, and but there's still kind of this air of uncertainty about the Deuces Wild thing, because... Booker T and Sting are both being going to be part of like the lottery of the night of the show. And so there's this fear of like, what if we have to fight each other? And Booker T's like, man, I love you, but if I'm fight, if I, if, if I have to, I'll fight you. Yeah. And Sting's like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as antsy about it as you are. But uh, look, Booker, Booker T loves, just, just loves, loves getting the chance to fucking, to, to sucker punch someone. I don't I don't I don't know what you expect, Sting. You just gotta, yeah. you gotta roll with this, buddy. And then uh TNA said uh tag team that wants other tag team to fight ends up fighting themselves was so good they'll have it a <laughs> second, a second time. time. Because after Rude and Storm lose to Booker and Sting, they start fighting. Hey oh so that is the setup for tonight's show. What we do, only thing we know for sure is that the last two qualifying matches for the Deuces Wild Tournament will be happening tonight. Ooh, fun stuff. Yep. And uh, so if you guys want to watch along with us, well, yo-ho, Hardys, three episodes in a row. Because here's the thing. Impact Wrestling does have a streaming service, Impact Plus. And I'm happy to pitch it. It's $7 a month. It's a good deal. They, Impact has a lot of good content on there. But the thing is, is that a significant portion of their tape library from about 2007 to about 2015 is owned by Viacom. 
and Impact has been slow in getting those rights back. I'm not, it's not a criticism. I get it. Rights can be complicated. TV rights can be complicated. But what that basically means is 2008 isn't on Impact Wrestling and isn't going to be on Impact Plus anytime soon. But don't you worry. Every single episode of Viacom-era owned TNA is available on the Internet Archive. hey So... Yo-ho, 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 Pirates Yes. Don't worry, guys. Next week, we will be watching something legal. Boo. Boo. Watching on official streaming services like some kind of square. Boo. Sure. But yes, that is that we have now set the scene. It is time for us to go watch TNA Impact from May 1st, 2008. Oh, boy. And we are back. We have just finished the May 1st, 2008 episode of TNA Impact. Cross the line. God damn. That was that was wild. Um so off the bat, um I already kind of fucking love TNA. Yeah, it's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I Okay, so if I may provide a thesis statement off the bat, you know how like when we were doing like the East, the first ECW episode, I opened it by getting all snarky about ah, I'm all '90s and extreme, and yeah, and I have been in the past one to rag on the tendency toward super duper extra extreme aesthetic and trying to be all like hip and cool with the youths and 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 bomb and badass and yeah, yeah all that sort of thing mm-hmm. so tna 08 very much has that aesthetic but but for some reason i'm kind of really into it mm-hmm. like somehow they make it work and i i can't entirely wrap my head around how I kind of want to see if I can't use this back half to try to explore and parse out by the end why it works, but like mm-hmm. something I have a guess just, just off, off the top. Okay. I have a guess that what it, this, this is a fat, this, this is a company where a lot of shit happens. Everything's, mm-hmm kind of fast paced like like the matches don't take like two seconds the matches you know they, they get a decent amount of airtime but like but like everything goes fat you don't everything jumps around so much your mind kind of doesn't have time to like process fully anything that's just happened and so the edgy awesome badass extreme aesthetic serves less to like it it, it seems less like masturbatory and more just a representation of like the high octane pacing that TNA is is pretty mm-hmm. successfully going for here. I think that might be it, but I'll see if I have any smarter things to say about it as we go on. Sure, I think that I think that's fair, and I kind of agree. So, very very high octane. I I enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, off the bat, we get like a previously on video that, like you said, when we were that's- watching. 
it goes hard. Weird. It goes hard, and also like wrestling never uses previously on videos. I kind of yeah. wish they did more often. Actually, yeah, me too. Because it's kind of sick. It was like just opening with a recap video package was pretty dope and it had a cool aesthetic and and it Mm -hmm. did a good job at recapping the major points that that we needed to follow throughout this episode and yeah yeah okay already like off to a good start fuck yeah yeah and then first match of the night is two guys i didn't explain we open with just the wildest thing we could open with the the curry man (laughs) Curry man, he's hot. He's spicy. He, <laughs> he tastes does a little, great. He does a little Zoidberg dance. Yeah, which is the Curry man. His gimmick is that he is allegedly from Japan, and he's the mask guy, and he's Curry man. He does uh-huh. he's Curry dude. All of his moves are are sauce humor. Is food humor. <laughs> and behind the mask, evidently. Is Christopher Daniels? Yep. CD, the current what? Head of HR or whatever at AEW? Yeah, Kurt, uh, right now, is that uh, at this point in time, he was kayfabe fired as part of the Feast or Fired match previously mm. mentioned. Uh, and they just, and the company decided that to kind of keep to the stipulation, but also like not fire him for realsies, is we'll put him under a mask and he'll be Curry Man. And uh, he's this goofy comedy guy, as opposed to at beforehand he was playing his like fallen angel quasi cult shit that he was more <laughs> famous for. Fucking CD man, what a yeah. career! As a yeah, fuck CD's great, but yeah, so he is the curry man. He's he's doing his dances and he's <laughs> and he's kind of great, yeah. Like, at first, I was like, oh, what is this dumb, goofy shit? And then about, like, two minutes in, I'm like, wait, I, I think I'm into this. Hell yeah. And then plus, or hell yeah, or should I say, shell yeah, because his tag team partner is Shark Boy, whose gimmick is he's a shark, except mm-hmm. also he is in the middle of doing his thing where he, doing, he did Stone Cold Steve Austin parodies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shark Boy as the tag partner, as I remarked to Austin when we were watching, uh, evidently yet another wrestling series we are watching headed by Robert Rodriguez. You'll love to see yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just waiting for Lava Girl to show up as part of the knockouts, and we'll and we'll. Be <laughs> I cannot believe that I'm I, you were the one who brought up who made that joke and not me. I thought hey, uh, I I'm a big brain. Is boy. this where this I hot brain. take about that the Shark Boy and Lava Girl hey, is an average movie? Uh, no, Not that I, it's a good one, that it's average. No, I will I will agree with you whole, wholeheartedly there. I mean, it gets fondly remembered because of nostalgia. Not right, you know, the best, uh, not the best Rob Rod offering there is. Um, it's cute, but yeah, it's cute I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Anyway, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I my memories of Shark Boy and Lava Girl are tainted by the fact that the first time I ever watched that movie was it was by my dad getting a bootleg version of shark boy and lava girl oh legally like recorded in a movie theater so like the color gradients is fucked up it's just grayed as out as shit 
from being recorded. So my memories of Stark Boy and Lava Girl is the movie is like way more gray than it actually is. Oh, damn that. I feel like that could be something, but I don't know what that something is, but it, it's a statement. It is something to be sure. Absolutely. Uh, and then face the motor city machine guns is who yes. and, and Curry man are fighting. Yeah, I couldn't help but notice that this tag match looked a lot like what it looks like when I play Smash Bros. In that you, you, I, I you, you have like the legit like photorealistic dudes, like your 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 Fire Emblem characters and shit, who are like the high ranked ones who are definitely gonna win. And then you have me playing my goofy fucking Luigi's and Donkey Kongs over here, looking uh, cartoon character looking asses who. They're probably not going to win, but damn, are they fun to look at. <laughs> at some point in time, we got to do a podcast. It's literally just um, creating like smash the Smash Bros roster, but as wrestlers. Or oh I guess my wrestlers, God. wrestlers we, is the Smash Bros roster. We have our whole, we, we, we got, we have a whole cavalcade of like wrestling video game retrofitting to other pop culture shit thing that we gotta do at some point a whole fucking saga yeah but back to the match the match is the match is a lot of fun honestly like yeah no curry man and shark boy for as dumb as they sound are legit i mean clearly it's fucking christopher daniels behind the curry man mask of course yeah yeah they're doing them together they're actually pretty solid, and they put up a really good fight. And if it weren't for the fact that that Motor City Machine Guns were over here looking like fucking Ike and Sheik or whatever, I might <laughs> not have been entirely sure who was going to end up the winners here. Yeah, like, the, Motor City Machine Guns did a lot to show off how fucking cool they are. Yeah, like, oh uh, my. Yeah, no, seriously, like, you were not wrong with that Proto Young Bucks comparison. They have. Uh, my, I, think my favorite, I think my favorite thing he did happened was Alex Shelley got Curry Man in a DDT, and at the exact same time, he did like a flatliner. Yeah. Like, to, um, it, to Shark Boy at the exact same time. It was sick as hell. Yeah, they also had a great double suicide to the outside at one point as pretty much a finisher. That was solid as fuck. Mm hmm. It's a good yeah. match that, like, unfortunately gets ruined by Big it, Papa Punk. Yeah, Big Big Papa Punk is here to wreck shit, and he he shows up, re- beats some people up, and gets on Mike. And this is where I start he, realizing you could make a really fun drinking game out of uh, take a shot every time somebody says sacrifice or at sacrifice on. This yeah, I, show. I I like was gonna I was figuring out how to bring this up, but yeah, they. They're, they are, like, trying to force the word sacrifice into as many promos as they can. And it's not even, like, anybody has this interesting story about sacrifice thematically. It's just no. literally everyone saying, yeah, they're, like, they're, they're going to make... The most interesting thematic tie is the fucking Britney Spears Lucha de Apuestas. Yeah, literally all they're doing is being, like, they're going to make the ultimate sacrifice. Or they aren't afraid to make the sacrifice. Oh my god! Yeah, like no. It's, it's just words. It's not it's any thematic tie-in. Words, exactly. Yeah, no. But they, but man, do they want to? Do they want you to make sure you remember that word? Sacrifice. Mm. Uh, mm. And it's magical hearing Big Papa Punk go as sacrifice. Uh, when I already know what's coming later on down the line. Yeah, and then he he, he kind of just it's, runs it was a nice down. Little, uh, teaser. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was maybe mad. Kurt Angle yeah. disrespected um, him. 
and he said that sacrifice. Oh God! Not only am I gonna beat Joe for his to win the TNA title, but Kurt Angle, I'm gonna take his Olympic gold medal, and I'm gonna make Kurt Angle my bitch. And that brings out Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle shows up, and um. It, he he's here to wreck shit uh now and then uh, and then samoa joe shows up and here's here to wreck shit now endless chaos reigns yep kurt angle comes out and he hits scott steiner with the ankle lock and then pd williams hits him in the back with a lead pipe to get not to knock angle away steiner gets in the steiner recliner which is his oh submission move and out comes samoa joe to kick everybody's ass Yes, I'm here for it. Uh, I did did appreciate just like, it it, it almost reached a level of parody of of first, first Big Papa interferes, and then Angle interferes, and then Joe interferes. Just an endless stream. It just keeps fucking going. Like, guys, you realize there's like a thing going on here. You could have taken this dirty laundry anywhere else. Yeah. So that, that is both set up for sacrifice and for the tag team main event later in the show. Mm. But mm-hmm. then we cut back to AJ Styles with Jeremy Borash, and AJ Styles is at Jim Cornette's office because Tomko has gone missing. And so AJ doesn't have a tag partner, and he is desperately pleading with Jim Cornette about this or yeah. is going to attempt to. Also, AJ with short hair and no beard, which is fucking wild. Yeah, a little, a little bit. It is weird. He's AJ has been very different. It was fucking AJ's been long haired for for AJ's been long haired for a long time now. I know, I know. I just I could not like recognize him. Like, who the fuck is this man? He still didn't fully register with me by the end of the episode. By as AJ Styles, it was weird. Yeah. So AJ, he does question Jerry Borash about being a snitch. Yeah, because he asked him how did how did he Karen how did Kurt know about that Karen thing last week, dude? Yeah, but thank but thankfully for JB, uh, Jim Jim Cornette finally answers uh, AJ's call to uh, to interrupt, and Jim Cornette uh, kind of leads Styles around uh, um, uh, verbally a little bit, where Cor- Styles is trying to plead for more time, and Cornette's like, "What what day is it?" And Styles. Thursday, and this is what, and what happens on Thursdays? Um, I take my trash oh. out before I go to work. Okay, oh, dude, take my trash. Yeah, if we're going to work, yeah, yeah. And where do you work? Uh, TNA. Uh, and and what, and what happens, happens on Thursdays? Thursdays Impact. Impact is we're on TV right now. This TV camera right there. We're live. Yeah, off the bat, Cornette is already my favorite on-screen commissioner ever. Like, he's just the right mix between the smarmy and the, the evil asshole and the the slightly dorky, doesn't, like, quite understand how to act like a normal person. He's actually fun and not annoying, and I quite enjoy him. Oh, well. And oh, then, oh oh is that is that a bad is that a did i just do a I, bad? I, I don't i don't like cornet but you don't that's like... part that's partially because i like i know his podcast he is just as abrasive in irl oh it's okay fine. That's it's fair. fine it's With fine know as nothing a... else about cornet i just mm-hmm. think he's a fun on-screen personality and yeah, i certainly it... like him better than like 
fence or fucking ruthless aggression era Bischoff. That's fair. He's fine. He's fine as a, as a character on screen. But anyway, he says Styles has an hour to go get a partner, and uh, it and so Styles is gonna have a whole thing the rest of the episode about this. Yeah, Styles starts this episode with actually a really solid narrative through line that I kind of appreciate. Was this like a common thing for TNA to do? Yeah, a little have bit. It? narrative through yeah. lines for the i kind yeah. of appreciate that like mm -hmm. like something to 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 make it flow like a single plot in a, in a way and everything and things branching off i don't know i got a kick out of that yeah good, I do. good writing there good structuring yeah good. And, and it and has a good payoff at the end too so yeah. absolutely but then we go into the ring where mike Tanay is introducing the beautiful people into the Indeed. ring Indeed. Uh, I didn't really. Oh, wait, wait, really... Oh, wait! But before we did that, I just want to point out uh, they they had an advertisement before this for TNA's home release, and it cracked me up because it was just it was advertising this home release was just an endless string of platitudes, all basically saying the same exact thing. Yeah, man, they they don't they didn't show any of the fucking actual show they're talking about. They're like, cross the line, be bold, be daring, do something different. Be unique. Be yourself. Let the inner beast out. Go touch some grass. Get a, buy, get a our, buy our DVD. Buy, buy our DVD. Get a newspaper route. Yeah. Yeah. Was, it, like that, that's essentially what it was. There was no, like, it was just saying random fucking platitudes. It was amazing. Anyway. Good times. Man, they had an epic voiceover guy, and they were like, we're going to fucking use this guy. I, yeah, I like that voiceover can. guy. He was he was really pulling his weight on this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, uh, the beautiful people. Uh, I didn't really explain any of the knockouts outside of Kong when uh, in the front half. So the beautiful people are just like two hot chicks whose gimmick is they're hot and bitchy. Classic yeah. divas era booking. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll touch on that a little more later, but. Yeah, that I was like, hmm, that, this feels. Except this is TNA. Here. This is TV fourteen. So what that get, means is we get some cake shots. Yeah. Or attempts, <laughs> or attempts at cake shots because the camera's always a little off center. To be fair, in order to get centered, they'd have to like wedge the camera in between two of the ropes. And also, I don't know if I was. I don't know if I want to see just full, uh, an endless stream of full-on very like uh ostentatious cake shots so i'm I'll, I'll i'll take the half ones i'm not i complain in there ultimately we still watch in great in, details angelina love and velvet sky just grinded on the middle ropes. fair fair so they get in the ring and today kind of rehashes what the makeover battle royal is about and asks them well, you know how are they feeling about the match and they said that, you know, they don't sweat anything. They don't sweat anyone because their makeup would run. Would run if they did. Right. Okay. A very okay. character establishing statement for the beautiful people. If you didn't already yeah, know. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal character thesis right there. I feel so and compelled. Then, and then they say that, you know, the makeover should be safe for someone who truly needs it. And we're hearing peak 2008 wrestling comedy. 
photoshopped images yeah baby if it worked for jerry lawler it works it works for fucking the beautiful people god damn so it. basically they showed photoshopped images on their on the video screen into the far right back corner of the building of the of the arena of gail kim and odb ball gail gail i, was I have gail to say kim like 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 hey what way to just shit on the concept of a bald queen fuck all of you mm-hmm. i think but, they look uh, great without hair yeah i was gonna say gail kim is kind of like the baby face top baby face of the women's division she's by far the best wrestler and mm, she mm. kicks a lot of ass and odb short for one dirty bitch is I was wondering about that yep that's what it means that's what it stands for it's an acronym and her gimmick is she's kind of trashy and she gets drunk a lot yep she's 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 the she's the drunk aunt that you think is fun but still slightly like freaks you out at family gatherings you know it, she's a fun aunt to be around for a couple of hours at family dinner and that's about it <laughs> yeah then she then she then she starts on her fourth round of the flask and you're like all right time to step away from aunt odb yep anyway and then velvet i wrote velvet sky steals the bella's future catchphrase where the beautiful people ta- are talking about how hot they are and how this is the highlight of these ugly losers lives and velvet sky then goes you know you can look but you will never be able to touch the beautiful people i do appreciate them like really just building the most obvious heel heat moment of just being like you uh like 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 Angelina Love goes, you ugly, and people kind of start to boo. And then she just like forcefully grabs the mic from Tanae and is like, and it just starts, just starts deep throating it as she goes, disgusting, wretched males and females who are poor and have no lives or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, just, just whatever she could do. And just, just, just lean in, Angelina. I, I, I liked it. Yeah, and Velvet Sky backs it up with basically calling them all incels and versions and whatever yep and then out come gail kim and odb to confront the beautiful people and thanks and you know and and the thing is is that this is tv 14 which means you can not only have have the beautiful people have the have some iffy cake shots but also you can just straight up call them sluts and hookers oh god True. which is what odb does and is like well you said these you, these people can't touch you, but I can. I can, and that's a, a, a. And so basically, they push Gail and ODB push the beautiful people down boob first, <laughs> and then they start whooping their asses. Yeah, fair. Which I think they. I I, I kind of figured the like we can touch thing was a little hyperbolic but they may have taken it actually seriously because once the beautiful people retreat from the ring poor angelina love like part like half of her torso gets blurred out all of a sudden by the tv and i guess the prevailing yeah, I, she had a nip slip which oh god that would, seem, that would make the woman. most sense that would make the most sense considering like where we're censoring mm-hmm. but i obviously because it's censored i don't know what actually happened yeah, that but uh, makes the most sense given context. That poor woman. Uh, yeah, but anyway, 
Uh, so yeah, so we were setting up some shit, and we're gonna see him again a little yeah, later. Odie. Yeah, ODB says that since these hookers don't have any clients tonight, uh, yeah. they, oh, they, can, real, they can... the beautiful people get real incensed at that too. They're like, they're like clients, clients. What are you? <laughs> you can? They're off mic and like out of the ring, and you can fucking hear them. It's great. Yeah, it's basically ODB challenges them to face her and Gail Kim later in the night. Absolutely. Off we go. So, yep. So then we head back to AJ Styles with Jeremy Borash, and he's like walking around trying to find a tag team partner. And eventually, Kurt Angle walks up to him and is like, Hey, you've been talking to Karen lately? And AJ goes, No. And Kurt goes, Keep it that way. And walks yeah, off. Yes. Yeah, I know. That was a, that was a great line from Kurt. I, I, I'm really digging beefy extra cereal Kurt over here. He's still he's, like he's great. He's he's still kind of like fun and dweeby in like this very tryhard way, but you can also kind of take him a little more seriously. I I like that duality from him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have, and he's somehow gotten even more fucking Jack than he was in the WWF. What the hell? Yeah, this is the, he's very he's a lot leaner and and kind of more ripped than he was in his in his WWE days at this point. Yeah, what the fuck? Like Kurt Angle went from a guy that I'm like, yeah, he's probably pretty, like, pretty, you know, he's a gold medalist. Like, yeah, pretty fucking sell. And to just someone where, like, if I saw him in person, I think I would just melt. (laughs) But AJ Styles, his his first attempt at getting a tag team partner is Booker T. And Booker T, he walks into Booker T's locker room on Booker's on the phone. And basically, Booker T big leagues the shit out of AJ Styles. Uh, yeah. he... I okay. I couldn't tell if like that was him fucking with AJ Styles or yeah, or just or just playing it straight. But yeah, Booker T basically is like he doesn't recognize AJ Styles and is like, I'm busy. I'm on the phone. I don't appreciate fans barging into my room trying to get autographs. Which if yeah, that was like, who... if that was if that was fucking with him, holy shit, Booker! What a what a fucking flex there. God damn. Yeah, Styles just be what. I'm the most decorated wrestler here. This is fair. Uh, I'm, I'm an XX champion and tag champions and the world champion. He's like, and the Booker T's are like, oh yeah. Well, who'd you beat? Yeah, and, and and like Styles seems kind of unable to answer that. He's just thrown the fuck off his rocker. And honestly, if I got Booker T yelling in my face and like insulting my my very stature, I would probably be in that boat too. So honestly fair aj can't quite seem to get the memo and he tries to persist and booker basically tells him to fuck off whoa yeah and then he does <laughs> waka waka. uh so then next we get a samoa joe promo with i forgot to mention this is that kevin nash right now is the mentor of samoa joe yeah yeah that was so so cool i just see i just see big old fucking diesel man back there and and he's holding Joe's belt, and he stands like a fucking several couple feet taller than Joe does. So mm-hmm. it makes this great tableau of him just standing over Joe's shoulder, looking menacing. And Joe is on mic going off, as, yeah, as, he, as, as one does. Yeah, it's it's weird seeing Samoa Joe play like a mostly straightforward babyface. No, when I'm so used to Samoa Joe just being like, even when he's a good guy, he's like, I'm gonna fucking murder you. Yeah. and everyone you know was he, he was there a little bit a little bit but it's he there's still much more of a classical baby face kind of like 
attitude That's to fair. him that feels weird. And also, quite literally, babyface too. Oh my god, he's fourteen years younger, and and wow, look how small. Look at look at the cheeks. I I love him. He is mm-hmm. my good boy. So he walks off, and he's like talking about how he's gonna make a sacrifice, yada yada. And he yeah, loves being yeah, yeah. And he loves being champion. And then as he walks away, Kevin Nash goes away. You love the money too, right? Yeah, apparently, Kevin Nash is all about that cha-ching around here. He's Mr. Krabs posting a few times throughout always, this episode. Always, always has been. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. This is this is where the this is where the 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 big money plays, huh? Look at the ad. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And then the second match of the night, Eric Young and Kaz versus LAX in a match for a qualifier for the Deuces Wild Tournament. Yeah, this was a fucking banger. Oh, my God. Okay, so off the bat, uh, we get Eric Young and Kaz's entrance, and I already love it because they they start walking down the ramp, and there's a pyroblast behind them, and fucking Eric Young just hits the deck. It's in this beautiful, like, he falls yep. the fuck down and is terrified, and it was hilarious. Already, I'm in love with this man's physicality. That's great. Um, and then, yeah, L- uh, LAX comes out to, to meet with them, and 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 i mean jesus christ yeah matt match is pretty sick it's a lot like lax gets to control a lot of the match and so we kind of get to see how well they work together and yeah they're a fucking great tag team yeah i mean homicide is homicide is just broadly really talented and then you add on you you, you add on hernandez's talent plus stature uh, I mean, watching Hernandez yeah. catch someone out of midair that just never gets old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, they also he, I, he moves. Uh, he moves high, like a, he moves like a he he and he moves like a fucking dynamo. This yeah, real they're, they're, and and I mean, young and young and chaos have a lot of great shit to match. Um, and there there was kind of a they, they did have a little bit of the narrative going here of mm-hmm. of LAX ends up yeeting young and chaos and. Pretty much because LAX is clearly able to move as like this really synchronous unit, and right now Young and Kaz are not that. I saw Kaz come in and make or Young come in and make one assist while Kaz was 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 in trouble, and he comes in makes the assist, then immediately like just goes back out and like hides behind one of the fucking yeah, cars. like like they're not the tag team isn't quite on the same page as LAX and as LAX. A uh, big highlight of the match for me was a was a is that you had is it. Is when um is when they do is when LAX did the drive by, which is where uh Hernandez has Kaz in a position to like flip him over with Mm. with a flip him by the legs, and then he does it sort of and lets Homicide like clothesline him in his chest to knock him back over, and then he and then he runs and does an elbow drop to Kaz off of that. Oh, after that. It's insane. Hernandez is an insanely good worker. Homicide clearly is right there with him too. I I mean, come on. Yep, good. This, good this, match. Might, this might have been for me my favorite match of the night. The the absolute best of the best. I think. I I think it was the best match of the night. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's not like it's 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 close because a lot of the other work was good as fuck too. But still, mm-hmm. goddamn. Yeah. 
But then it ends when Homicide is a EY. Uh, Eric Young does end up getting into the match. He's got the hot tag going. But then Homicide is able to just kind of hit it, get it, get the better of him and get the roll up for the win. Yeah. Eric, Eric, Eric Young kept his word. No super Eric to insight. No for super the Eric insight. And, and, and commentary is even like, yeah, Eric Young kept his word. And Cavs might be regretting that right now. No super yeah. Eric to be seen. And man, yeah, kind of, kind of sucks to have an absolute fucking coward as your tag partner. Don't, yeah, don't it, be. Kaz. Yeah, I guess that's that's uh, not really great. Uh, that's not a great winning strategy most of the time. Uh, so LAX are going to the Deuces Wild Tournament. Nice show of sportsmanship after the match between the two teams. These are two teams that are considered broadly baby faces. So you know, no, no real heat with each other or anything. They fist bump yeah. after the match. Yeah. And then after, Homicide gets on the microphone and calls out Hector Guerrero, who is on Which, Spanish. Okay. He is Spanish Hector language Guerrero commentary. Casually on Spanish commentary. Okay. Yes, Hector Guerrero, obviously a wrestler in his own right, like the whole family. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is he is brothers to Eddie Guerrero and uncle to Chavo Guerrero Jr., et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <clears throat> the whole family tree. But uh, he wants Hector Guerrero to come on down from commentary. And when he Hector gets into the ring, Homicide explains that, you know, they've studied Eddie, Eddie Guerrero for, for a long, for many years. They, they love and respect Eddie, but they also love and respect the whole fam, the whole Guerrero family, man. And they want a Hector Guerrero in their corner at sacrifice to help them get over the top and become tag team champions. Yeah, and and the, honestly, this was a really cool segment because this felt really real. Mm-hmm. They start talking about Eddie, and Hector immediately uh, just is like, "Is like you be careful what you say." Like, and he's it, don't it, disrespect my as, brother. But it didn't come come off as like cheesy or overplayed. It felt kind of legit, and it it just by that, I mean, in some ways, it almost feels like it almost feels like cheap these days to get a pop off of being like, you know, Eddie Guerrero, but, but like everybody uh, does a frog splash. Everyone does a frog splash. People love to, to wear their like Eddie Guerrero tribute colors or whatever, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, doing, if, if you're a heel and you do the, you do the three amigos, like that gets you like that basically builds you. You're a a big old son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That instant go away heat, but like, but I don't know. That stuck out to me, and it kind of created this like legitimate pathos because because mm-hmm. it felt as though LAX and you know they probably definitely clearly were were expressing a real like sentimentality of something that really meant something to them of getting to reach out to Hector like this, and Hector mm-hmm. kind of had a did a really great job performing that that mutual respect, and it's. God, I kind of wish we could follow this through because that felt that felt like a really exciting electric moment and something that could go on to do to be some really cool stuff. Yeah, and I also think that like part of what makes it work is kind of like there's still a novelty to the to like the paying tribute to Eddie thing because like this is a 2008 Eddie died in 2005. Um, yeah. And most Eddie tributes, like because the Guerrero, because Eddie, the most of the Guerreros are like in WWE <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Like, and as along with Ray, 
so yep. so like a lot of like the Eddie Guerrero tribute kind of content is mostly been in WWE. So you so outside of it, you haven't seen nearly as much kind of like tribute stuff with Ed regarding Eddie. So it does feel kind of novel to be to kind of for homicide to kind of make this kind of kind of statement about Eddie and Eddie, um, you know, on impact. Yeah. Uh, well, th yeah, that probably adds to it too, because an impact is a impact. It feels unique coming out of impact. And also mm -hmm. it feels a little more visceral too. Like, mm -hmm. like that's like impacts whole thing. They're a little more like visceral and extreme TM, mm -hmm. but it can really add to moments like this. And they say it added to the reality of it. And, and I genuinely kind of felt, some felt moved by this moment so fuck yeah great great little bit there absolutely and then hector guerrero of course agrees uh, yeah, to be I, in their corner yeah obviously he's not gonna he's not gonna say no and so now the lax have a new member have a new manager with them going forward uh then we cut on over to jim Cornette's office uh we get it we we get him in the middle of, of tracy brooks complaining to him about something they don't really explain what he what she yeah. wants Cornette's just like whatever you whatever go away he and says in comes, yeah, sure off he says be free which i just thought was cute <laughs> <laughs> but then in comes matt morgan and matt morgan is like yeah can i, I i'd like to make sure i'm in the deuces wild tournament please like yeah. make sure I'm in the eight. I'm in the eight who's in the draw because he says, you know, Cornette owes him. And Cornette's like, I don't owe you shit. What are you talking about? I'm the reason yeah, you're here in off. the first place, douchebag. Yeah. You'll find out when the rest of them, everyone else finds out at the end of the show. And he and this is where Cornette coins his term for the people who are in the Deuces Wild Tournament, the egotistical eight. Which I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then yes, before before Matt Morgan leaves, Kip James, a good old Billy ass himself, uh, comes and just starts beating Matt Morgan's ass. For reasons. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, because yeah, last week uh, Matt Morgan kicked his ass and jumped him. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Revenge. Oh, yeah, yes. The endless, the lawless landscape of impact. All of, all of the interference. Fuck you. Yeah. And then we, and in uh, the newest adventure... With AJ Styles this time, he is trying. He's going to talk to Kevin Nash. Yeah. Okay. I, this was my favorite because he, he he goes up to Kevin Nash's store, and today's like, oh, buddy, you want to knock you with his reputation? Oh, you never know what you're going to find in there. Oh, I was like, oh, fuck. You go. We he he knocks and he opens the door without without really waiting for an answer. By the by, so yeah, way to just kind of a bit rude. Him. Yeah, and also like you know, if Tanae's telling you that he could be walking in on Nash doing some shit, you might want to, but whatever. So he walk, he walks in, and lo and behold, he does see Kevin Nash, uh, Joseph posting, reading, reading the dreams of of whatever, uh, whatever woman belongs in Christy rock and Hemi. It's Christy Hemi as who's with the Dude, rock and roll. Yeah, he, he's like interpreting Christy Hemi's dreams. Just like, but it's also him. extremely flirtatious because he's like, you know, sometimes the banana, the banana is just the banana, and sometimes the latex is just the latex. God, <laughs> so he's absolutely flirting, and he's kind of by it. interpreting her dreams. Hey man, Kevin. 
hey man, Big Sexy can work with anything. You know what? I would love to have Big Sexy interpret my dreams. I I had a I had a dream last night in which I think I was getting like hunted down by John Moxley. I would love to hear like I would love to hear uh, Kevin Nash's interpretation of that shit. Hmm. Uh, but Christy Hemi is effectively kind of shoot away with Styles there, and then she like try because the, the rock, AJ is going to face the Rock and Rave infection later. She she yells and says, "We're gonna rock! We we're gonna rock you!" Yeah. And and then Kevin Nash is just kind of after she leaves dead pants and like, well, she was ruined the whole mood there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love how we had to get a side a sidebar from Nash about how his boner got ruined. Okay, buddy. Yeah, but anyway, Styles tries to play it the way Ke- play trying to speak Kevin Nash's language of how you know they could be big money together in the tag division. You love money, right, Kev? Yeah. Hello, I like money. Which, by the way, I kind of appreciate that AJ Styles comes off really smart in all these because he, like, even though he doesn't succeed, he try he clearly is putting some thought into, like, how he's going to convince some of these people to, like, try to be his tag partner. Yeah, I really like that. Like, like after he failed miserably with Booker, he starts putting in, like, the thematic effort. And I thought that mm-hmm. was a cute touch. Yeah, so Kevin Nash, like, he's he's he's... He's almost listening, but then he's like, well, you know, big money in the tag. Well, you know, the real money is in the world title. And and Style go, Styles goes, well, but Joe is the world champion right now. And Nash goes, you damn right he is. You damn right he is. And then he Yeah, that's out. not ominous at all. Yes, nothing, we don't, we're obviously not going to see anything about that now, but ooh, indeed. Uh-oh. Nash... And Joe might not be long for the world. Uh-oh. Yeah, look, look. Two things that Nash cares about most in the world. Sex and getting them dollary dues. And he's all out of sex. <laughs> then we move on to match three of the show. The beautiful people against Gail Kim and ODB. Yes, yeah. Uh, we get... The exact same entrance from the beautiful people as last time. So we do ass shots and, and middle rope grinding. Cool. Yep. Yep. And then Gail Kim and ODB come out, and the match is on. I mean, it's a little clunky because everyone in the match is a little clunky except Gail Kim. Yeah. I see. I I kind of liked even ODB's style in ring. She clearly has. I see, some ODB is fun. ODB's a lot of fun. I agree. But I, Bro, the beautiful she, she, people she, are more characters. Like she almost reads the bit of like a sloppy or brutalist, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, shout out to I, I mentioned this to you, but I I, I want to mention this on air. Of uh, shout out to the beautiful ones being fucking scandalized by ODB spanking herself despite like you know what their entrance is yeah but, oh, as, no, I, as uh, i said uh, as i said uh, hot only hot people are allowed to shake their ass but odb is hot she's an attractive woman what do you what not to the beautiful people oh, fair enough fucking conceited bitches anyway. no uh gail kim doing showing off her athleticism hella she yeah, does gail kim is doing like, phoenix posting for a brief second yeah, she tries to do like the classic lucha arm drag spot where you like grab him by the hand and then like run up to the top rope and then arm drag off the top. 
Uh, but Angelina Love does stop her from succeeding. And then later in the match, she like gets Velvet Sky into a corner, tr- like kind of like um, kind of like uh, what's the word? Uh, baits her into the corner, and she like flips up to the top to being laying across the top rope, and then rolls down into a um, into a roll up. Yeah, her ability to transition from one thing to another was legitimately really impressive. Did she go on to have, like, meaningful career after this? Yes, uh, pretty much everywhere but WWE, really. She had a run in, she had a run in WWE, but uh, she never she didn't get too, too far because she was frustrated by WWE internal politics involving women. And uh, a classic story is that uh, Vince McMahon had to be convinced that Gail Kim was attractive. Because Vince struggled to understand that Asian women were attractive. That's great. That's awesome, Vincent. Thank you. Very cool. God, I fucking hate that goblin. But uh, Gail Kim also hates her time in WWE and is happy to say so. But outside of that, she had an extremely successful career, especially in Impact Wrestling. She was the very first Knockouts champion. Her matches with Awesome Kong are legendary. And now she's basically like the booker of the women's division in Impact. Well, that's fucking dope. Hell yeah, Yeah, she rules. Gail Gail Kim rules and has had a great career. Fuck yeah. All right, that made me really happy. Yeah, we love wholesome content. Holy shit. Um, uh, but yeah, I, and overall, I don't hate what the women's division is going on here. Like, they're cl- like, they, yeah, I had this thought too. They're clear, they're clearly very divas esque still, but work wise, mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's not bad. Not, up. they're not, they're not quite not at, at four horsewomen level, but like, they're not far, they're not super mm-hmm. far off. A little bit more sure. refinement and bada bing, bada boom. Sure. Uh, the match ends when ODB uh, hits Velvet Sky with a running power slam and gets the win for the good guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. I I like seeing I like seeing a little bit of good guy mm-hmm. win tonight. That was great. And yeah. then after out, the ma- after um, the match, Angelina Love tries to do a post match attack, but then ODB is able to rec- make the save on Gail Kim, and Angelina Love's trying to run away, and out comes. Roxy Laveau. Okay, that I I, I could have pronounced her name correctly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know who she is, but she was doing some good. I things. also barely know who she is, but she's like kind of some. It's like kind of playing into voodoo stuff and kind of playing into crazy chick stuff, but it's very subtle both ways. Is the best way I can put it. Like there yeah, are elements I- there, but it's not like. Very, it's not very. In, I neither element is particularly in your face. Yeah, I just noticed. Oh, she's wearing parachute pants. That's that's a cool look. That's true. <laughs> that's about but, it. Yeah, but she hits. She she has beef with Angelina Love as well. So she gets Angelina Love back in the ring. All three of them start kicking Angelina's ass, and Roxy Laveau hits the voodoo drop for to kind of end the bit. And the good guys stand tall. Wompity womp womp. Why do I get the feeling it's it's gonna be one of the beautiful people who walks out of that match with a with a bald head? Mm. <laughs> uh, but then, <laughs> who, who who could guess? Really? Mm, surely, who's to say? <laughs> okay. We come, 
we cut back to our last AJ Styles trying to find a partner bit of the night where mm-hmm. we get JB is just in the back with James Storm and Robert Roode. And he's and JB is trying to get trying to, you know, talk to both of them. And basically Robert Roode is off being pissy, is standing yeah. like to the side being pissy, reading the Wall Street Journal. Um, and James Storm is trying to be like, come on, man. James what? Storm is here with the jokes tonight because he, is, he, okay. he apologizes. He try he tries to apologize to Rude, and Rude's like, "Oh, oh, oh I, I don't, I don't give a care. That's, I don't give a shit. That's all water under the bridge." And fucking and, Storm replies with, "Water under the bridge. Water sucks. Drink beer." Yeah, there's a very despite the fact they're a regular tag team, it's very opposites attract kind of bit. The, the bit I love Robert Rude's is yeah. yeah, the Robert Rude is this refined Wall Street bro, and James Storm is a Tennessee hick. Yeah. And, and so the yeah, they James Storm's like, I don't want a beer. And he's like, he's like tries to get him to stop reading the Wall Street Journal, and he asks like what you're reading, and he's like and he and and what and and uh Rude's like yeah we're wall street journal you know stocks and all and james Storm's like stocks and he's like yeah and he's like yeah you know money you know makes the world go round and james storm's answer is oh, oh, get gonna finish off another one of these beers and make the whole room go round yeah yeah I, you know what? Somewhere, somewhere, Neil Simon was smiling. This was, this is, this is the sort of thing he dreamed about when he, when he wrote the Odd Couple. You know, uh. yeah. Then in comes AJ Styles, and in his new, he's trying to recruit old James Storm, and he pulls out a bottle of liquor <laughs> to play yeah. Storm with. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's, Storm's he's not, taste. He's, he's not impressed. Yeah. Unfortunately, James Storm's tastes are not refined. And so he's just kind of like, this isn't beer. I don't want this. You get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. It, liquor is too many letters. I only need I only, I only need four letters. B, E, E, and R. Yeah. And then, and then Storm makes a dig at Karen Angle. And then Styles like, hey, don't you say anything about Karen. Yeah, what, it kind of feels like they, they almost play this as if, like, by some innuendo, he and Karen have a thing going. Actually, I think, I don't know if it's it's both ways, but I'm starting, I'm thinking actually Styles is, they are playing as like Styles has a thing for Karen Angle. Actually. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, that's, yeah, like, I'm now remembering the Kurt Angle wedding, renews his wedding vows bit, and, yep, yep, Styles is jealous about that. So, yes, the whole story here is that AJ Styles is trying to move in on Karen Angle. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, anyway, uh, this pisses off AJ and basically kind of ruins any hope that this tag team thing might come together. Root, Robert Rude comes over and dresses him down is like the answer is no. So and and st- and poor poor uh, Storm leaves has to grab all his beers because he's got like two six packs of bottles of beer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's got so much, and then and then he like tries to grab the liquor from Styles anyway, and Styles won't take it. He's like, "All right, all right I don't want it anyway." Right now, I bought that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want it anyway. Well, anyhow, uh, okay, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, so now you have JB and Styles 
sitting dejectedly at the lockers trying to think of what he's he going to do because he's out of time. He doesn't have any more. Who's he going to get for a tag partner? And then suddenly you see a shadow move to off the screen. And JB looks up and he's like, hey, hey, he's going to stop. And Styles looks up and he's like, well, will you be my partner? And you don't really hear what they say, but it's there's like a yes. And they're like celebrating and it's and we'll find out who his partner is after the break. Yeah. So, so but, yeah. Yeah, great, great times. And a lot of uh, I, yeah, no, it was too. a great. I really like this as like a narrative through line for the episode. It was super fun and cute, mm-hmm. and like I got some like fun bits out of it. I'm here for it. Yeah, and then the fourth then, match of the episode. Yes, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you take this one, buddy. I know. Oh hell yes, because. Then we had a rock and rave infection. Jimmy Rave and Lance Rock, who, by the way, is Lance Hoyt, who is Lance Archer. The rock and rave infection, a.k.a. the greatest tag team of all time, a.k.a. some rocker dudes who come out with fucking guitar hero guitars. This dweeb right here got really this man who like once every few weeks will send me a new high score he's gotten on fucking clone hero and who loves to show me weird goddamn meme charts absolutely lost his shit for this you goddamn right i did because i am a huge guitar hero nerd and so clearly the greatest tag team of all time is the Rock and Rave Infection. And I will hear no other arguments. Uh, I mean, clearly that nothing nothing makes you better as a tag team than having guitar hero guitars. Yep. Anyway, AJ Styles to come on out. And his tag team partner is Super Eric. Yeah. The, the music hits, and we see a video, and it's like clouds flying to the sky, and it's goddamn Super Eric. He's here, boys! And honestly, what a perfect fucking payoff for two storylines converging on one. That was honestly a really mm-hmm. brilliant conclusion. Yeah, it's pretty funny that Styles literally lost the tag, like, Styles went from complaining about Super Eric to now tag teaming with Super Eric. Oh, how the tables have indeed turned. Yeah. Also, shout out to goddamn Super Eric's emblem on his chest saying EY Eric Young's initials. Hey, that's that's complete coincidence. On my planet, it's a symbol of courage. Well, on this planet, it's EY. On the planet of Italy, <laughs> it's just saying a. Hey. Hey. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I made a note. I don't. I didn't make a lot of notes about commentary tonight, but I definitely made a note of Mike Tanay when explaining what AJ Styles has been up to tonight, saying it's almost like AJ Styles has syphilis. <laughs> what the fuck? I missed that. Yeah, because he's going through the locker room and everyone's avoiding him. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. Yeah. Are you kidding me? 
Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a great comparison to make. Anyway, but all this to say, we get a dope fucking match out of mm-hmm. it. I do appreciate the Rock and Rave infection. At least Lance Archer. I can't remember if his partner had this too. But Lance Archer having a move. We're like fucking catch someone in midair and then kind of start playing them like an yeah, air guitar. Oh, yeah, he catch, yeah, he catches air, AJ Styles midair and he starts air guitaring on Styles' back. It was sick. They all, yeah. Both of them also had a move where like they were about to like do an elbow drop or something and they both like air guitared. Oh my god, I missed that. But that's mm-hmm. honestly, I kind of love the flavor text there. That's cute. I'll take and, it. And honestly, it's, it's fun. God, this is so much fun, Austin. It is, and and I fucking love Christy Hemi as the rocker chick. Like she's like she yes. introduces the team with that high with that like rock yeah, and raven cream and, and can also do the splits. Okay. Yeah, and she just looks the part. It's beautiful. Love it. No notes. Should have been fifty-time tag team champions, clearly, Jesus. or at least like, or at least like one-time champion. While the while a guitar hero was still a cult, was still a cultural phenomenon. I, you know what they they should have been the harbingers of guitar hero. They should have been the ones to to keep the series alive with it with their representation at the helm. That that series could never ever sink ever, and and it and it was I'm sure through a complete lack of using them for promotional material that that the that is what sunk the Rockstar for, or the, the Guitar Hero franchise clearly. It definitely is. I would know enough about it to know that it's definitely the lack of rock and rave infection. Uh, however, yeah. in the end, so even though they've never tagged before, they managed to pull it together, and AJ Styles and Super Eric get the win on the rock and rave connection because rock and roll is dead. No, start smashing the, the guitar hero controller. Damn it. Damn it. Damn. Yep. Uh, so then after that, we move on to Jeremy Borash's backstage with sting and sting is basically like, and I'm fed up with all this shit around here. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just sad that, that Booker's spurned him. Yeah, pretty it's, much. This is this is all too chaotic for him. And this look what this business term makes people. Yeah, become. yeah. He's like, he's 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 basically just over here posing like I'm getting too old for this shit. It's yeah. pretty much where he's at. He's like, oh, I just I just want to have a good time. I just want to vibe. Where are all the good vibes, man? He's he's a lot more aggro about it than that. Uh, a little, I guess, a little more. Where are the good vibes, man? But you know you. Yeah, same, same, same gist. Uh, <laughs> then we, we get Don West and Mike today talking about the innovative uh, uh, new matches that happened here in TNA as a way to advertise the Terror Dome for yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a cage match where you can only escape the cage by getting out of a very small exit point as opposed to the large open-air cages that usually are for cage matches. You know, maybe this is just David's dorkiness showing through. I'm kind of here for the for the random, convoluted, dumb stipulations they put on all this shit. I think it makes it fun. I like adding that little bit of extra spice to the, to the match stipulations, honestly. It's kind of fun to watch. It's not fun to explain on a podcast, try to make sure everybody understands the rules here. Okay. That's fair, but I think it would be fun to watch. 
Yeah. Just like just like trying to squeeze through like like just you gotta do like the little like shimmy to get out. What a what a what a dignified way to win that match, yeah. man. They claim they claim that the uh that the uh pterodome is so strong it could withstand the force of a great white shark, to which I must ask how this was tested. <laughs> Cornet's just over here like all right release the shark and they just like drop a shark in there and like and and it starts flopping around because you know it's on dry land yeah and Cornet's like oh, that's good enough for me all right match five of the evening a second women's match eat your heart out dynamite <laughs> yeah seriously fuck take i hope you're taking notes tony yeah, uh, we get uh, Daisy Hayes. I'm so sad that the episode, this is episode 69, and I did TNA, and we are recording this one day one too day late for 420 Daisy Hayes. No. Because Daisy Hayes is a hippie stoner. That's the, that's the gimmick. And then she faces cheerleader melissa was actually here you got me all scared about brown face for nothing austin oh aisha shaheed was at the end with awesome kong oh wait wait what right raisha shaheed showed up with awesome kong at the end of the episode wait she did wait yeah fucking cheerleader melissa's pulling double duty here yep Except they are pretending the cheerleader Melissa is a brand new wrestler who has never been in the impact zone before. What the fuck? I'm I, I'm just Why? gonna say is I have never seen cheerleader Melissa and Marisha Saeed in the same room together. I I think this is suspicious. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Funny that one some Brooklyn brawler is fucking what's his face's handler shit. God yeah. damn. Match is fine. Um, it's kind of a nice little intro for both wrestlers. Uh, Daisy, uh, Shulia, Melissa gets the win. Yeah, was, uh, I mean that was uh, nothing too special. It just kind of happened. Yeah, cool. It doesn't really have any major storyline implications or anything. So you know. Yeah, happy. Don't for have you, too much to Melissa. say. Yeah, and then the moment that we've all been waiting. Big for. Papa, you know. I thought about doing this episode doing the episode where bg james and kip james challenge sean michaels and triple h to a shoot fight at the alamo i thought about doing the episode where kevin nash and booker t do stupid guest commentary and booker t beats up does guest commentary over his own beatdown segment but I realize that for our first episode of TNA, what else could I do except the math promo? Yes. Because you see I... that, that all no men problem. are created equal. But you look <laughs> at me and you look at Samoa Joe and you see that statement is not true. You see, normally you got a 50 in a one-on-one match, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best of beating me. And you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastic go down. So you see a sacrifice, you got a 33 and one-third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning 
because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, so he's not even going to try. So, seniors, so Joe, you take your 60, your 33 and a third chance of winning, minus that 25% chance of winning, and we was to go one-on-one, -on -one, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. For me, I take that 66 to a 75% chance, chance, chance of winning if we was to go one on one. <laughs> and then that's 66 and two thirds of percent. And I got 141 and two thirds chance of winning a sacrifice. Senior Joe, the numbers don't the numbers lie. Don't and the, and felt they felt disaster for you as sacrifice. sacrifice. God. Oh, that, first of all, what a fucking king. I need to memorize that as well as you do. You got to include the parts where he stumbles over his own words. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. You know, the, the, the word genius gets tossed around sometimes. I think you need look no further than Professor Papa Pop to see that definition come to its apex. I mean, here's the thing about this promo. Like, it's become a giant meme on the internet, right? Mm. But, you know, they... They didn't... this For Scott Steiner, this was just that he decided to just go particularly hard for. So it comes out of nowhere, and it just... It leaves as soon as it's... as as, as kind of lunatic all the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This this is just the lunacy that happened to, to get captured by the internet. But honestly, there is a this there's a brilliance to this. I mean, first of all, I don't think people talk enough about the fact that the arithmetic here absolutely checks out. Like the math, yeah. the math is dumb. And Scott the Snyder knows that. Yeah, because, the logic because he was a make fucking sense. math major at U of M. But but the arithmetic here is on fucking point. Scott Steiner is doing this on the spot in his head and not stumbling for a second aside from percent changes, which honestly just makes the promo better. Scott Steiner, as far as I'm concerned with this cut, what is legitimately one of the best promos in wrestling for the fact that he was able to do this like straight up arithmetic off the cuff in character and connect it nearly flawlessly with an unhinged rant about how he's gonna win like any good heel does oh my fucking god like we meme about this all the time but this is honestly just one of the best promos in existence i think mm -hmm. i'm not even kidding here. yeah like it's the right amount of like the rhythm that checks out, but also it's the most insane heel logic I think I've ever heard. Because, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't really want to break down every single thing wrong here, but also how did he, how does he determine that you have a 25% chance at best of beating him one-on-one? -on -one? How do you assume that Kurt the Angle knows? Plus the factor, the genetic freak factor, it adds, an, an, it adds another 25% easy. How does he figure that Kurt Angle knows he can't beat him, so he's not going to try? Why do you subtract 25, 33 and a third from 25? Why do you add 75 and 66 and two thirds? How, what does a 141 and two third chance of winning even look like? Statistically. 
Yeah. So who cares about any of that? <laughs> it's incredible. It's it's honestly like you know we talk about some of the best on mic: CM Punk, MJF, fucking you know Rock and Stone Cold to an extent. But like, goddamn, where is the love for Big Papa Punk able to spit bangers like this? And this also has a rhythm to it too. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the other thing that really makes this work is. Big Papa Pump, the way he talks, I love that name so much. The way Big Papa Pump talks, he's got such a natural rhythm to him too. Uh, like, like you can, you can, you can remember so much of this because he's so good at like having this beat to it and then punctuating things that need to be punctuated. Uh, like he just starts off with this very, you know, they say all men are created equal, like this great staccato and like mm-hmm. straight through. Um, but at the end, like having those 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 longer like Senior Joe, the numbers don't lie. It's rhythmic. It's not like like it's not mm-hmm. like a perfect like bum but up bum but up but like but like it's not a rhythmic like there is a there is a, a clear beat to this and and it, it adds to the comedy. It adds to the memorability. And Jesus, I can see why this got turned into mm-hmm. a meme because he, yeah. God, this is a man that's just just busting with charisma and like you said it's the perfect it's the like perfect distillation of like everything wrong with heel logic ever and just said with such brazen confidence that you yourself kind of start to believe it like i've heard i've heard this promo so many times i just kind of stopped questioning the logic and i'm like ah, yes that actually makes perfect sense of course Uh, i mean i see i see nothing wrong with it The, the math checks out at the very least but like but yeah oh my god like and, I don't want to like I don't want to get too like you know I guess like too earnest about about such a giant meme, but goddamn, I really want to highlight this. Actually, is a really fucking brilliant promo. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the best ever uttered in the entire. Absolutely, uh, shouts out to the highlight of Petey Williams trying to do the count, do the mental math while Scott Steiner is talking. A little protege. He, he's got a little chalkboard going on, like, Petey is is Professor Pump's TA, um, beleaguered TA who's there just trying to like follow the completely unhinged lecture and then grade all the tests later on while while Big Papa Professor is 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 too busy that I don't know trying to trying to flirt with Cohen. <laughs> He's too busy getting on with his freaks because the under the oft forgotten part of this promo <laughs> is the part that happens after he's done talking about math. Yeah, where he decides to all go back to his usual of, of fat shaming Samoa Joe, and he's like, "Ladies, would you rather go home to me, or would you rather come home to a guy like Samoa Joe?" And he asked the comment and the con and the interviewer who I'm afraid I've forgotten her name completely is oh, no. like, I, I don't know. I think Joe's kind of nice. And Scott Steiner's like, eh, so you're one of those type of girls that likes a little romance. Well, I'm going to talk to my freaks out there. <laughs> Would you rather come home to me a genetic freak to be satisfied every night or go home to that fat ass Samoa Joe? She's like, we're going to win, and I'm going to be the world champion of sacrifice. Come on, Petey. Yeah. Shout out to Genius, by the way, for having this, like, written down. Mm-hmm. Like, Genius Lyrics has a page for the Scott Steiner math promo. It's beautiful. And it's fucking annotated, too. 
Hell yeah, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta understand the lyric, the whole the whole bit. You know, you can't. There's there's a lot of deep meaning here uh, <laughs> that needs annotation. Oh my god. And then and then PD and then PD is like, wait, wait, hold up, Scott. Oh, here we go. He's like, it's just like you always say. It's big Papa Pump got the hookup. Well, Maple Leaf Muscle is who you gotta look up. Holler if you hear me. Yeah, uh, apparently he uh, uh, he's he's referred to as Maple Leaf Muscle, uh, the Canadian destroyer because he's from Canada. Um, and my two personal favorites, Little Petey Pump and Little Papa Pump. Yep. So then yeah. that moves in straight to our main event match: uh, Scott Steiner and Petey Williams versus Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. Yeah, the basically just like a warm up match for what we get at Sacrifice, and just we're forcing Angle and and Joe on a team, and oh man, yep. can the, com- they the commentators say it? Can they coexist? Ah, I mean, fitfully they do for a little while, and enough to get the dub. Sort of. I- the action, uh, the action's good. Um, it kind of the story kind of plays that Scott and Petey are a better tag team than Joe and Angle, so mm-hmm. they have control most of the match. Yeah, that's fair. And it's only near the end, really. Uh, the Samoa Joe had all the cool shit in this match, as far as I was concerned. Starting with immediately, Petey Williams tries to do a dive at Joe. And Joe does that his classic bit where he just fucking turns around and walks away from the guy diving at him. Yeah, pretty He's like, much. I will sim- I will simply not stand there and let you hit me. Yeah, no, fuck you. Why would I do why would I do that? Why would you ever do that in a wrestling match? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's uh, totally totally not how how you catch dice half the time. Don't think about it too hard. Yeah, so Joe, he kicks starts kicking a lot of ass, making the big comeback and he goes to get the hot tag to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle wants in the match. And Joe just stands there and flips him the one gun, the one salute, gun salute, as Mike Tanay called it. Very cool. They censor this, so you know, makes you know, can't show that on Spike TV, can't show that middle finger. Yeah, hmm, I wonder what's going on behind that center bar. Hmm. And anywho, Joe, he's like, I don't need your help. And he just kind of kicks both both Steiner and Petey's asses. And he's got and Joe has got Petey in the in the reverse choke. He's gonna win. And Kurt Angle's like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck I'm this. Kick, uh, fuck you, Joe. He attacks Joe. He tries to hit Samoa Joe with the angle slam, but Joe avoids it and gets a drop kick on him and knocks Kurt out of the match. And then he hits he grabs Petey. Gets him up for the muscle buster and hits him for that for the win. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty good, like, kind of mid, like, like, like middle place to put your story of, like, mm-hmm. you know, can the two guys who aren't crazy ass Big Papa Pump get along? No, of course not. They're all no. they're three egos bumping the fuck together. Oh, man. What a shock. Yeah, it's a good it's a good enough match, but you know, not anything. Outcome, but I do appreciate the match mm-hmm. and the story beat that we got out of it, as predictable yeah. as it may be. Like just a nice extra way to build up some more tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it works, and it was fun to watch. Again, the the work mm-hmm. on this show was phenomenal. And God, I mean, I I like to think of myself as an increasingly sophisticated wrestling fan, but 
God, I'm such a sucker for that work rate and the work rate across all the matches. It was did more more wrestle per wrestle, Austin. They go so fast and it make my brain go burr. <laughs> Damn right. Damn uh, right. Yeah. After after the match, then Kurt Angle gets back on that grind and gets and gets Joe in the ankle lock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Steiner grits his lead pipe. And it runs Kurt Angle off, but then he used it to hit, to hit Joe in the face. Yeah. And he stands yeah. tall, holding the belt, celebrating because he's going to win the title. Totally. I mean, Second the numbers fight. don't lie. They don't. So then we cut back to, to Jeremy Borash bugging Jim Cornette about that craziness going on. And Jim Cornette's like, yeah, you see crazy. You just wait till I get out, back out, get out there. And then you talk about crazy. As Jim Cornette <laughs> makes his way to the ring. And he's got the tag belts all set up on a, a nice little table. Yeah. And it's time to announce the egotistical eight. Indeed. Yeah, nothing, they don't really, nobody really comes to blows. So there's not really a whole lot of interesting stuff to say. But first, he brings out Matt Morgan, classic. Then he brings out Kip James. Then he brings out BG James. Uh, then he brings out James Storm. Then he brings out Booker T. I make a note that Booker T is way too overdressed for this. Everybody else in their wrestling gear, and Booker T comes out in like a suit and tie. See, Booker T looks so fucking good in a suit. I will never complain. Mm-hmm. Then we get Robert Rude. Then we get Sting. And then Car- Cornette goes to end his spiel about these eight men. But then he realized, oh, oh my bad. I miscounted. Uh, it's, uh, I almost forgot number eight is the last competitor in of the egotistical eight the knockout women's champion awesome kong fucking based yes intergender wrestling bitches yep. awesome kong and raisis and raisha saeed come out to to kind of make themselves known and all the men are like what the fuck and I'm just over here losing my mind because this is so incredibly based. Hell no, yeah. Was, I did not expect TNA to be the one to fucking go there of the American companies, but hell yeah, brother. Yeah, I was it was pretty dope. Because Fuck. I didn't see that. Yes. I didn't see that coming. Gender is arbitrary. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, is it my, I guess my comment is obviously what they did is look at that. All the people who are kind of have beef with each other are in the egotistical eight, so to speak. Who could have predicted this outcome? Uh, well, walk, but walk. It's, it's it's a cool thing to do with the knockouts champion when you're already having the entire division fight each other in a number one contenders match at the pay-per-view. So what yeah. do you do with Awesome Kong, the champion? Well, fuck it. Put her in the tag title tournament. Yup. Okay. I mean, I mean yeah, I Kind of fucking cool. I wonder, do, do you know who she ends up getting paired with? Uh, Not off the top of my head, no. Uh, uh, either way, some dope shit. Yeah, so the mat, that the show ends off this shocking reveal that Awesome Kong is about to cross the gender divide and wrestle the men in the, ta- in the Deuces Wild Tournament. Yeah, fuck yeah. What a cool note to end on, dude. Oh my mm-hmm. god. TNA is over here being pretty fucking incredible. What the hell? 
Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, TNA is when it was good was really fucking good. I was not expecting to enjoy this like as much as I did. Oh my mm-hmm. god, this is this is a really this was a really good episode of wrestling. It was. It was. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, like I did it came for the meme, stayed for the really solid episode in my book. Yeah, and hell, even the meme was solid as hell from like a work standpoint. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, this was fuck Viva La TNA, I guess. God damn. Yep, gonna have to put TNA in our calendar at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus. I'm just look at me just being a filthy hipster just over here standing all my WWE alternatives. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of great alternatives to the WWE over the years. There have. They're pretty great. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Yep, but that is for sometime in the near in the future when we come back to TNA. Almost certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for next week, ha! Huh, everyone's favorite arc of this show, Katie Vick, must sadly come to its grand conclusion. Fuck, Never- wait, we're not done with Katie Vick? No, as much as the as the sex tape was the let's say climax to this whole story, we have not reached the the true grand finale to this shit. We got one more episode to go. No, I thought we were done with this bullshit, Austin. Listen, I had my grand freak out. We sent this shit the fuck off. We watched the goddamn sex tape. I wanted to Roblox myself several times but over. We have to we were see. Done. We have to see how it ends. The what? What do we? Do we? Okay. Listen, they don't do anything offensive to end this. They're, they're done. They just do the fight. The last match. They do one last match, and then we're done. We're out of here, and we're never talking about this again. <laughs> I'm sad now. What mm. what a way to ruin my good mood coming off of this fucking <laughs> TNA episode. I I can't. I don't even have the fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck, I don't even have the energy for it. Just <laughs> gremlin. Just do the plugs, please. Yeah, yeah. All right, friends. Thank you for joining us once again on this very special, very nice episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. So happy to have you here. If you're a returning listener, viewer, what have you, you know the drill. Thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever you use to consume our content. We love that you're here. Keep coming back and having a good time with us. You know how this goes. If you are a first-time listener, viewer, what have you, welcome. We are so delighted to have you here. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wrestling fandom or you're veteran of this wild wacky world we hope you've had a great time here we hope you want to continue to have a great time with us week after week if you'd like to continue to have a great time with us week after week and you're not entirely sure how to do so well not to worry my friends i have you covered first of all you can find us on youtube we are the noobs and knockouts podcast on youtube hit subscribe ring that bell make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode like comment add us to your playlist check out our playlist austin's kind enough to to add all of the 
arcs and eras and storylines, etc., that we follow into their own separate playlist. So if you want to check a certain thing out with having having to jump a, uh, around a whole lot, you got that option. It's phenomenal. Uh, and hey, hell, on the more recent episodes, you can see our beautiful faces and our wonderful little like setup and 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 all the you know secret visual gags that we throw in for all the. You can see you can you can watch you can watch me comment on an entire match while holding and playing a Guitar Hero controller. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you get again you, so many little Easter eggs that all the audio only people miss. Come on, use your eyeballs. It's a good time. Anyway, for the fans of the audio only experience, we of course also have you covered. Though you can find us on three of the best places to find your podcast, which is Spoot of, Spoot of Jesus Spotify. Spotify. Spoofy? Uh, uh, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Check us out there. Rate us, review us, tell people that you like the show. Give us those dank, dank downloads. All that wonderful, sweet, sweet engagement that we love so much. And, you know, maybe letting other people know that we're a pretty good time. And check us out. I don't know. I'm just saying. So, Check us out, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. Of course, there's also some more direct ways to get in contact with your friends here at the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. First of all, of course, there is our Twitter, at Noobs and Knoxpod on Twitter. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Knoxpod on Twitter. Come check us out there. Follow us. Uh, we we uh, like to, you know, post there all the time. We engage with broader wrestling fandom discourse. We drop dank memes. We post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys know what the hell's going on. And, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Of course, as usual, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS is AEW Dynamite. Uh, I, me and David consistently watch it live. At least one of us will be live tweeting it pretty much every week. Indeed, indeed. Yep. And then, but on top of that, I also keep track of all the pay-per-views for WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. That's what they renamed themselves when they realized we would like to not be called TNA. Total nonstop action. So, upcoming on that note is rest eight and may 8th is wrestlemania backlash it's like backlash but they stuck wrestlemania's name on it to make it sound more important mm. and on that note there's still only if there's still a few matches on there's a few matches on the card not a ton but there's still plenty of time is we for more is we have charlotte flair versus ronda rousey in an i quit match for the smackdown women's championship yeah uh, adrenaline is in our soul as Cody Rhodes will be facing Seth freaking Rollins. Mm-hmm. And we have RK Bro versus the Usos to unify the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships, much the same way the world title was unified at WrestleMania. And AJ Styles and Edge continue their rivalry from WrestleMania. At hey. Then at AEW, we have Double or Nothing on May 29th. And we have we have uh, just started the road to Double or Nothing on AEW. We do know for sure that the winner of the, the, the finals of the Men's Owen Hart Cup and the Women's Owen Hart Cup will be taking place at Double or Nothing. And uh, if I may say so myself, I'm pretty sure that CM Punk is going to be facing fucking hangman Adam Page for the AEW title, and that's going to be incredible. Holy shit. Holy yep. shit. 
Holy shit, indeed. And then on June 19th is Impact Wrestling's next pay-per-view. Like AEW, they only do four a year. As they will be putting on Slammiversary uh, to uh, celebrate uh, the, uh, the 20 years of TNA. It's pretty mm. crazy when you think about it. Damn. Uh, they've been doing this for that long. But yeah, it's usually it's easily always one of TNA's biggest show impacts, one of the biggest shows of the year. It'll be a good, I'm sure it'll be a good one. Hell yeah. So be sure to check all of that out over on the Twitter. It's a great time. Austin and I, we like to think we're we're a pretty good time to spend your time live uh watching wrestling with, even in digital only format. Austin's great with his 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 mm-hmm. insights and his, you know, long time knockout knowledge base, and I'm just over here shit posting and vibing and no matter what, there's something for everybody over on the Twitter. So come check us out there. Of course, if you want to get in super direct contact with us, there is also our email address. You can contact us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like, when you see what you want to see more of, less of, suggestions, requests, etc. For for eras and 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 companies and storylines and other wrestling adjacent media that you would like to see us cover on this show. Whatever. It's a it's a great goddamn time. Uh uh, you know, we come come yell at us for our hot takes or tell us how based our opinions are, all that all that good stuff. Uh just you know, come say hi. We we love people saying hi. We would love to say mm-hmm. hi back. So come check us out, noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. And of course, finally, there is our Patreon account. We are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on Patreon. One dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.